I just didn't know who I was. Um, everything I was was who I was in the military, which is HM3 FMF Jacobs. High speed, low drag, you know, badass in the, in the field. Marines loved him. You know, he, he was somebody. And I had to get out and figure out who Brian was. Navy Corpsman Brian Jacobs with Vets to Success and Reveille Meals is up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal. Navy Federal has a mission to put your members first by making their financial goals a priority. You can receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions. It's open to active duty military, the DOD, veterans, and their family members. Navy Federal is proud to serve over 8 million members, including over 1 million veterans and their families. Visit NavyFederal.org slash Veteran Move for more information. All right, today we're talking with Navy veteran Brian Jacobs with Vets to Success. Brian, welcome to the show. Before we get to talking about some of the great things you're doing in veteran entrepreneurship, can you take us back and tell us what you did in the Navy? Oh, sure. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate being here. Um, and thanks for taking the time on the show. Um, you know, to uh, kind of summarize it, um, you know, I was just, uh, you know, it started out with this uh, dying wish of a grandfather um, who said, all I want you to do is go in the military and get your life straight. And uh, I'm not going to lie to you, I fought it because uh, I had seen firsthand uh, after my dad did his 20, um, you know, what happens you know, to guys get out and uh, they're lost and can't find jobs. And, you know, and I was blown away by that. Um, you know, it was a, a lesson that I had at a young age, I was able to really see. And uh, it was it was shocking, but um, it was something in me um, that I knew that was in my blood to do. Um, every male in my family has served all the way back. Um, we can trace guys back to the Civil War, um, uh, General McGill on the on the uh, blue side, as I say, and then uh, quite a few on the southern side. And uh, and uh, so it was just something that it is, you know, it's ingrained in you. Um, and there's this sense of service uh, in me, too. And, uh, you know, as funny as I, I actually tried to join the Air Force, and uh, it didn't happen. Um, I went three days in a row, and the guy was out to lunch three days in a row. So um, I really wanted to join the Air Force because uh, he spent a lot of time at lunch. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, I ended up going back on that third day and this uh, neighbor recruiter popped out and grabbed me and yeah, started selling me here and just told me I didn't, I didn't know if I could qualify for the military. And I was like, what do you mean? I can qualify for anything. And, um, you know, did a pre-ASVAB on the computer um, he's like, Oh, you did okay. You know, you did good. He's like, it's good enough to get in, but I think you can do better. And I'm like, well, how, when do I take the test? You know, I'm just being baited. And, uh, <laughs> so next thing I knew I'm uh, up in, uh, up in Virginia taking the, uh, ASVAB and, you know, do really well scoring 88. And, uh, you know, he's like, well, that's just part of it. You know, yeah, you can take good tests, but can you physically pass the, you know, the, the medical inspection and da da da. And I'm like, well, well, how do we find out? He's like, well, you just got to go to MEPS. Oh, okay. I had no clue that I was signing up for the Navy. So, <laughs> wow. Man, he was yeah, good, huh? He was good. He was good. So I get there, 
and uh, I go do you know do the duck walk, the colorblind test, and you know pass the background checks and whatever else. And so to speak, I went in this room with uh, a couple of Navy chiefs, three Navy chiefs actually. One was a big old ball headed black dude. I'll never forget him. He looked like he'd been working out since he was born. <laughs> um, the the others were. Uh, you know, just, just, I would say just general, same old chiefs I've seen every day. Um, and, uh, I'm sitting there and they're like, here's your jobs. And I'm like, wait, I'm getting jobs now. I, yeah, you qualified, man. Oh, I'm like, they like give like giving you a reward or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're the only one in the room, you know, and there's like nobody else behind you. So you're like, man, I made it. And all these guys didn't, I mean, and that was the reality too. Um, didn't realize that. Um, but, uh, I'm sitting there, they put down nuclear tech and they put down Navy Corman in front of me. Uh, nuke tech was, you know, they, they didn't sell the nuke tech at all. They sold Navy Corman, man. They were like, man, I was like, what's this nuke tech thing? They're like, oh, you don't want to do that, man. I was like, what's that? I was like, man, you'd be in the bottom of a ship or in a submarine. You want to be in a submarine, man? Nobody wants to be in a submarine. I was like, no, I don't want to be in a submarine. But uh, they didn't tell you about, uh, you know, $100,000 reenlistment bonus. You know, uh, you know, E5 out of school. Oh, wow. Yeah, schools in Charleston, South Carolina, in the middle of, like, four all-girls schools. You know, like, <laughs> it's legit. Like, it would have been, like, one of the best schools. But, hey, uh, Navy Corman sitting there. They're like, hey, man, you want to be a Navy Corman? I'm like, why? And they're like, dude, good-looking guy like you, hot nurses, young doctors. Oh, man. <laughs> dude, be hooked up. I'm like, yeah, I want to do that. Um, and lo and behold, at the bottom of this little piece of paper, um, sat this little box, this little, I'm going to say three by eight box that said fleet Marine force on it, FMF. And, uh, had a, I remember it had an AAV Marines, you know, kind of rolling out the back of it. And I was like, what's this FMF thing? And like, oh, that's optional, man. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. Sign me up. Let's do this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I go to boot camp, and, uh, you fell for a hook, I, line know, and sinker, I, huh? Dude, I was done. I went to boot camp. <laughs> um, went to boot camp in August of '99, which was a great time to go to boot camp in Chicago. Um, and uh, <clears throat> my dad was a SEAL for uh, a little while, and uh, so I tried out for SEALs. Um, made uh, did buds did buds and doc made buds and doc. Um, but lo and behold, I never I didn't understand this, but you can't be designated um, in the SEALs, which means you can't hold an MOS or an NEC. You have to go in undesignated, which means if you don't make the teams, you go out and you scrub decks or you go out and wash ships off and mm-hmm. you do the grungy work. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm just not doing that. But, you know, they basically said, well, you can go be a corpsman, but then you can come back and try out and you'll already be a corpsman and corpsman are, 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 is a rate that we accept. Yeah. Cool. So I was like, peace. So I was like, not doing that. So anyways, um, uh, what made me try out for the SEALs, though, is um, I got in trouble in boot camp. not going to lie to you about that. Um, and uh, I was sent to what they call AIT. Um, and really, I got in trouble is because there was a kid in front of me. We were running our PRT, which is like, like physical fitness test, but physical readiness test. But yeah. we're running a mile and a half. And some kid in front of me just kept stopping and like stopping. And I'm trying to get around him. And, I, and we're not, you're not allowed to talk during the PRT. Mm. And which I think is ridiculous. I think you should be motivating each other and screaming and hollering, you know, but anyways, um, I, I told this kid that, you know, my mom, can, I think I said my mom or my grandma can run faster than you. <laughs> and, 
off the back left hand side of me was a seal running in like perfect quietness. Like you didn't even know this guy was there. Mm. And and uh, he pulled me out after. And it's like, oh, you like to talk? You like to disobey rules? Okay, you're going back. You'll be back here every day. And uh, but I eventually did so well with my training. They were like, man, you should try out. And I'm like, cool. I mean, they didn't say, man, you should try out. You know, they were like, you you know, you you you're physically ready enough. And I'm like, all right, I did. But anyways, it was a it was a good bad lesson. I'll say that. <laughs> and uh, but anyways, uh, so ended up uh, core school. And um, next thing you know, uh, this chief walks into the room. There's uh, another HM2 knight. I'll never forget. He's got these. He's got a dive bubble on. He's got this recon pen. I'm like, dude, this guy's got candy for days. And uh, I'm looking at these guys, and uh, this chief comes in. He goes. The average lifespan of a Navy corpsman in combat is 30 seconds. 99% of the males in this room are going to go to Fleet Marine Force. Who wants to leave? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, this is optional, I thought. So I raised my hand, and I'm like, and he's like, you want to leave? And I said, uh, Chief, I heard this was optional. He goes, I just gave your option. And I'm like, oh, my God. I have been gapped. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, so lo and behold, um, graduated core school, um, out of 77, we graduated 22 people. Um, oh. it's, it's, uh, the highest attrition rate of school. So, I mean, when they say, you know, when the Marines say few and the proud, I'm like, bro, you don't understand. I mean, <laughs> um, and, uh, ended up going to field medical service school, um, was going to go out for recon, um, went to, um, down to, um, Got hurt, got hurt for recon challenge. Uh, went back. He went down to Beaufort, South Carolina, for like seven months to regroup, um, and then came back. And right before I was going to come back to go off recon training, this little thing called 9/11 happened. Um, as I'm sitting in my desk, and next thing I know, within two three weeks later, I'm in Second Marine Division, yeah. and uh, sitting with the Second Line Reconnaissance Battalion, and uh, it was. It was so crazy because I joined the Navy and I ended up in the desert. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be on the ship the whole time. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I, I actually, I want. <laughs> yeah. So uh, talk a little bit about your transition uh, out of the Navy and and how that went for you. Well, you know, it's weird, man, because uh, my transition, I you know, I actually don't, you know, everybody can identify some these days. I never really was in the Navy. I was in the Navy for boot camp and A school. Yeah. And the rest of my time was field medical service school, operation emerging medical school. Um, and then when I was with the line unit, the whole rest of my time. Um, and so it's, it was really different. I never even checked out of the Navy. The Navy on my form had one signature. Huh. Um, the Marine Corps checked me out, um, which is so yeah, crazy. Why, you know, we don't belong to, I mean, I don't know how it is in the air wing or how it's in group. But in division, you are a Marine. I mean, um, you know, it was different. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I was actually in Iraq. Um, and uh, I was being, the bad thing was I was being dicked around by a detailer who was sitting in a desk in Millington, Tennessee. Um, and I was in the Anbar province in 2005. Yeah. Um, and uh, everybody knows uh, Anbar was not a fun place to be in 2005. Um, and I was in Korean Village living off of uh, MSR Tampa. And uh, oh. that was a uh, a shithole. Um, I spent a lot of time at KV. <laughs> yep, yep. I was there. Um, I was I was <laughs> I was there for at least eight hours a day max. 
So yeah. the rest of the time was I was QRF or mission mission response or mm-hmm. so um, or STP shock trauma platoon working with those guys on our own guys. Um, so it I was. I still have a Korean Village gym T-shirt. That's hilarious. <laughs> I remember that gym. The CBs came in and built this fantastic yeah. gym. Yeah. Uh, I remember. I remember doing. I was there in '05, and uh, it was like a, I only got to work out like I, that was the only thing I did. I ate, worked out, and slept on my downtime. That's it. Yep. I didn't didn't do PX. I mean, of course. I mean, I had like energy drinks out the wazoo anytime they got shipment in, but I didn't get any mail really. So I'm like beg bar and pleading from like beef jerky and shit from other guys. But uh, <laughs> anyways. Uh, but I would get to, I knew how to cook, you know, so I knew the cooks in the mess hall. So I was getting extra eggs and stuff like that on the side. Nobody knew I had to, but I was <laughs> getting my time in the gym. So, uh, but anyways, yeah, but a uh, good memories. That was probably the best memories there. <laughs> um, but I uh, know I, you know, I went to try to get orders to, I just wanted some downtime. Um, I wanted to go and recoup my mind. I wanted to take some time. I mean, operational tempo and division is so high. Um, I probably spent out of almost six years in division um, or. Within a few months when I first joined the Marine Corps, I became a Navy Federal member. That was over 29 years ago, and I still have the same account after 29 years. Navy Federal has a mission to put members first by making their financial goals a priority. You can receive a lifetime of membership benefits to help you and your family accomplish your life missions. A credit card APR average that is 4% lower than the industry's. Member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and perks. Access to over 300 branches and thousands of fee-free ATMs. They also have 24-7 live support through their U.S.-based call center. Navy Federal is open to active-duty military, the DOD, veterans, and their family members. Navy Federal is proud to serve over 8 million members, including over 1 million veterans and their families. At Navy Federal Credit Union, their members are the mission. Visit NavyFederal.org slash VeteranMove for more information. That's NavyFederal.org slash VeteranMove for more info. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA. All right, we're back talking with uh, Navy veteran Brian Jacobs from Vets to Success and Reveille Meals. Uh, Brian, there's a little, we had a little audio snafu there, so we just went ahead and made that the uh, sponsorship break. Um, back good. talking with you for the second half. So, so you're getting ready to transition out of the Navy um, what happened in your transition? Where'd you land? And then we'll go from there. You know, um, you know, I actually landed on my head. Um, <laughs> and I said, <laughs> um, because I was not ready uh, for transition. Um, I was not ready for it. Um, it was, <clears throat> I don't know. It was, it was in my mind, it was the grass is greener on the other side. The reality is it's, it's not, um, it's, it's just such a different world. Um, you know, I got out and, uh, I just didn't know who I was. Um, everything I was was who I was in the military, which is HM3 FMF Jacobs, high speed, low drag, you know, badass in the in the field. Marines loved him. Yeah, you know, he, he was somebody. And I had to get out and figure out who Brian was. <laughs> and uh, I tell you, um, that is uh, probably the hardest thing to do when your whole life has been put into the military. Um, your mind thinks differently. You're your, your integrity, your attitude, your esprit de corps, all these things have remodeled the, the teenager you were. Um, you're unrecognizable and you don't even recognize yourself. And, you know, unfortunately, when I got out uh, the, the corps, um, I was in Iraq, came home and was out 
out of the military within seven days wow. um, after getting back um, and had been in major, major combat um, probably within the weeks pre- previous to getting out. And yeah. uh, talk about a culture so there, shock. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. And there was no decompression or, you know, re transition. It was, Hey, you got to get a job. And so, you know, I got out and uh, basically went through like 33 different jobs before um, I went back to something that I loved, which is culinary. Um, I actually became homeless, unfortunately. Uh, my younger brother as well, he got out at the same time, also became homeless. He was a professional couch surfer. Um, <laughs> I, I was just, uh, I was living in uh, my mobile home at the time called uh, Honda Accord. And, uh, and uh, you know, it was, it was crazy because I didn't understand, uh, didn't want to ask for help. Um, it wasn't that I had pride. It just, I'm so used to having my brothers around me reach out and they can see when I'm not right. Um, and so it's, it's hard to get out of that bubble because you expect people to see there's something wrong yeah. and they don't, um, you know, everything, everything family said was wrong. Um, people don't understand me. I quit this job, got fired from that job. Um, I sold everything you can sell. Um, I, I mean, literally, I mean, everything except for people and hookers. I, there, I didn't do those things. Um, or drugs. I didn't sell drugs either. So, uh, but, uh, so I stay away from the bad things, but I sold everything else from cars, the lawnmowers, the ACs, you name it. So, man, what a, what a, what a change, right? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I ended up uh, in culinary and, uh, it was some of the things I grew up in the kitchen. My grandfather's a World II chef. Um, and, uh, I just, you know, it picked me out of a bunch of little rascals running around the house, um, and said, Hey, you're going to come learn this. And, uh, it just stuck with me. Um, it was something I fell in love with and, you know, it was something I was good at, but it was something that had the same structure as the military. It needed teamwork. It needed organization, attention to detail. Um, it was chaotic, you know, to a degree. Um, and it was pushing you to be better every day, which was, all these things really, you know, lined up with me. And I was like, man, this is kind of what the military was about. So, and, uh, so some great things happened along that journey. Um, you know, and a lot of sad things as well. Um, you know, I've gotten a chance to work with some really great chefs. Um, I've cooked for former president of the United States, George W. Bush, uh, multiple occasions. I was a private chef for the Anheuser-Busch family. Um, I've studied overseas and got a double master's from Institute Pablo Coups in Lyon, France, uh, which is the highest school you can graduate from as a chef. Nice. Um, you know, I've lived in France, and the Norway, Italy, visited Asian countries as chefs. Um, and, you know, all along, these things are great. Um, but And there was a lot of passion. But where was my purpose at? Um, and <clears throat> in May of 2014, on Memorial Day weekend, uh, my purpose came through uh, in the most unusual way. Um, I got a call that Saturday morning that my brother had committed suicide mm. and uh, had, had taken his life. And um, it was then that I uh, I said, uh, I've got to make a difference and I've got to do something different in this world than let this continue to happen. And if food saved me, maybe it could save some others. Um, and this is where, you know, ideally that's the success was born out of. Uh, Bet the Chef was actually the first program we put together, and it was a crash course in culinary. Um, and it was focused just like every other program out there. It was focused around, let me just get somebody a job, give someone some skill set, give somebody some 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 fun, you know, something to do with their life. And and I'm not going to lie, I was wrong. I was wrong then, but I was also experimenting and had not really looked back on my own 
um, path through coming where I was to go, hey, I did this and this helped. I did this and this helped. So now Bet to Success or Bet to Chef, the program, Bet to Success is a 501c3. Uh, Bet to Chef is one of our programs. The Bet to Bake, Bet to Brew, and the, the Bet to Agro, or Bet to Grow as we call it. Um, they're all based on behavioral reintegration therapy now. Um, and so we don't just teach people about culinary. We teach them about becoming Brian and James and Joe's and Amanda's and Stephanie's. Um, we teach them to look in the mirror and not see themselves for what they are, but what they can become and give them some vision about where they can go in life and using food as that medium. And through that, we add in, uh, we add in uh, equine therapy, puppy therapy. We have a rowing team, we have boxing, jujitsu. We have holistic health approaches. We have yoga. Um, we have all these different things because what we realized is that in order to see, see someone grow, you've got to change their behavior. You've got to change the way they do things. You have to change the way they live their lives. You have to give them new hobbies, new behaviors. And um, so Bet the Chef has grown, but all the programs have grown with that basic mindset. Yes, we're teaching culinary. Yes, they're getting classical French technique. Yes, they're getting jobs. Yes, they're getting their lives back together, but they're also becoming somebody new in the process. And so we're retraining habits and giving them new habits to follow. Um, and it's been an amazing, uh, opportunity for me to see the healing in people because it's healed me, uh, from losing my brother, Kevin. Mm. Um, and it's just been a, an amazing thing to be a part of. Uh, it's, it's so I, I can't, the words don't come out. Um, it's almost like an anointment <clears throat> from God, uh, to be, to find a purpose and know that that purpose saved you and it's saving others and that, uh, you can continue to impact the life and impact those around you, impact the world around, impact the community around you by doing what you love. And uh, which led me into our next piece, which was, you know, Reveille Meals, which is our, I don't like to call it a meal prep company because <clears throat> we're a step above meal prep. Meal prep tends to be this same mundane food of, you know, dry chicken, dry rice, and uh, overcooked vegetables. Uh-huh. Um, we take a very classical French approach to things when it comes to quality. Uh, we take a very um, attention to detail focus when it comes to preserving flavors. So we have Latin, Indian, Asian, you know, Southern American, regional American specialties with classical French ideals and an appreciation for the food um, going into these meals we're delivering. Not only that, but we're employing the veterans from vet to chef into the program right now. So by shopping with Reveille Meals, what you do is you're making a difference in your life because you get the chance to eat healthy because we took a really uh, kind of a fresh kitchen approach with our first menu item, Alpha. Um, it's all militant, so it's Alpha Bravo Charlie Delta is our, mi- our menu. <laughs> alpha is you pick your protein, your carb, your veggie, your sauce, any way you want. Your your idea, your your collaboration, that's what you get. Um, you Bravo is a lifestyle meal, kind of some things like, I like to eat healthy, but I want a little bit outside the box. <laughs> comfort is, dude, it is comfort. It is biscuits and gravy sometimes. It is chicken and dumplings. I mean, spaghetti and meatballs. I don't play with this thing. <laughs> and uh, vegetarian is typically a really great vegetarian entree. You know, we did uh, panisse, which is a French vegetarian chickpea cake. This past time, uh, we're doing like stuffed eggplant parmesan. Um, we're really taking it to a level of respecting everybody's wants. Um, but at the same time, we're 
we're, we're making them feel good, not only by, you know, eating good food, but the fact that they're making a difference in the life of a veteran and in their community at the same time by not having to do anything else besides eat. And, uh, you know, the idea behind it is we are a virtual restaurant, which is a, a new concept. Um, I don't believe uh, that we should be going in debt to make money these days. Um, that old school approach to it is gone. Uh, there's just, uh, we've hit a cost of living where people getting out of college and millennials can't find jobs that make, you know, <laughs> make enough money now, um, which tells me that me going to the bank going, hey, I need $1.6 million <laughs> to open a restaurant. And they're like, where's your assets and equity? I'm like, well, I'm a sh- really good chef. They're like, no. So, uh, yeah. you know, do it. Just do it. Take the Marine Corps motto um, and make shit happen, get shit done. Um, kick down doors and uh, if it's the wrong door you kick down just put it back up hopefully it works and uh, you know strive forward and uh, do what you got to do with the, the means that you have and win the battle because then you'll win the war hey so can you talk a little bit about um, I mean that, that sounds phenomenal what you're doing you've been doing it for about five years or so like like do you know how many guys have come through your program or do you have stats like that yeah, yeah. We have 46 graduates that have actually come through the program, all vet the chef. Uh-huh. We've had three vet the baker. We're set to get the class of the brewing class underway. Um, the farm was a kind of a, <clears throat> it was more of a healing approach. We wanted to see if the community um, wanted to be a part of it because, you know, here's the thing. At the end of the day, you can have these, these veteran niche um, nonprofits, but if the community doesn't support it, um, then it's just not going to flourish. Um, no disrespect to the VFW, but you look at the VFWs and, you know, these DAVs um, and American Legions who they have strict rules and, you know, you can't come in unless you're this, that or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, yet now they're beg, bar and pleading for members. Um, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. OK, well, we've got to we've got to change the way we look at things because the community around us is what makes us happen. And, uh, you know, we have all our partners in the community and we do have some great partners. We have Ritz Carlton, of course, Weston, Hyatt. Um, we have military seal of command. Um, if we want to send guys up there, um, we have, you know, local, you know, from day one, they've got, you know, 10 or eight restaurants here locally, you know, these type of, uh, supporters, I mean, everything from pizza places to Asian places, to French fine dining. Um, basically we've just worked our butts off to make sure the people around us want to be a part of us, uh, not expecting them to. And, uh, treated them like you know they were part of us and not that there was a gift or an opportunity for them so and uh so if somebody's interested in the vets to success program how would they get a hold of you or how do they get involved well you can go to the website vets2success.org or you know what i recommend really is uh just facebook find us on facebook vets to success um on facebook um you can't miss us it's a cool looking logo it looks almost like a military chevron and uh, then check us out on Reveille Meals. You know, what I ask everybody to do, even if you don't and you're not interested in Vets Success, become a part of it. If you can spread that message, you may be giving somebody else the opportunity to be a part of and maybe save a life. So go like the page, go down to community, click community, invite your friends to follow and like it, uh, because that's how we were able to make a difference in this world. I mean, uh, it, I could tell you, uh, we've had graduates of age 66 years old who thought their lives were over um, and uh, didn't have a career option and were thinking about taking their lives. 
and they came through Bet to Success, and now they're basically part-time managers of a restaurant and loving their lives and able to pay rent and able to live their lives and excited about tomorrow again. Uh, we've had guys come through at 24 um, who thought it was done. They were ready to sign off. And now this guy, he manages a trucking company uh, because that's what he wanted to get back into. Um, you know, this is, you, you know, this, this program is supposed to change the way you look at your life and give you something to live for, give you purpose again. Um, and mm -hmm. teach you about your identity. So, you know, that's, if, if anything else, if we've saved one, we've saved a family from feeling what my family's gone through. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. You're doing great things. Um, talk just a little bit. We're getting close to the end of our time. You're running a nonprofit, Vest to Success. You're running a for-profit, Reveille Meals. Talk mm -hmm. a little bit about the difference between really like just, you know, being in love with culinary and being a great chef versus actually running the mechanics of a business? Well, you know, it's, it's so funny because it's so hard for me to put down the knife sometimes um, <laughs> and uh, let somebody else pick it up. And uh, that's been my biggest, my biggest hurdle um, because I'm so passionate about what I do. Um, and I love food. And I love experimenting and playing. And what I've done, I've just kind of set my own side, my own little playtime um, where I cut, cook, and play the way I want to. And, uh, you know, I'm still part of the process in a lot of ways with the uh, both Reveille and Vet Success when it comes to the you know, training and introductions and, you know, uh, mind mapping menus and mind mapping opportunities. Um, but it's, it's been really, you've been a huge transition in because I'm so used to being the worker bee. I'm so used to being the person who gets it done mm -hmm. to the person I'm relying for someone else to get it done. That is a, that is a tough, tough, transition in uh, from a worker to a CEO, you know, I guess, a, I don't want to call it a CEO, but a leader. Um, yeah. And uh, it a lot took of me a little bit of time veterans, to... Yeah, I think a lot of us struggle with that because we're just used to getting our hands dirty and making things happen all the time. We're, exactly. We're not used to standing off at a distance and watching things happen. Well, you know, it's funny is that we're used to working with our troops, not watching our troops work. Um, and in the, in, you know, NCO course, I mean, that's what they, they teach, you know, you, yeah. you don't, you don't do anything that they couldn't do or they can't do. Um, and so it's this mindset that, you know, it's a great thing to a degree because, you know, sometimes I have to be in 30 other places other than cutting carrots, you know, and, uh, I'm not glad to, you. I really want to cut those carrots though, cause I love it. Um, but it's, it's been an amazing journey. Um. I'm excited for what we're about to do. We're really, you know, my focus is community impact through the, the nonprofit, community impact through the business. Um, it's going to be a different model. You know, a lot of big company, companies want you to ship all over the United States. We're not going to go that route. At least that's not my goal. Um, you know, I want to impact community, influx community, hire veterans as drivers, hire veterans as prep cooks, hire veterans and their spouses. Uh, we're actually opening up uh, Best to Success possibly for spouses um, this year. Great. Because uh, we've really seen that they too, um, they go through transition and they need reintegration. So um, hopefully we'll you know be hiring spouses into Revenue Meals soon and uh, being able to make some difference in their lives as well. Because it's, uh, dude, I you know I saw my mom leave the military the same time my dad did, and my mom lost all her friends. She lost all her you know her sisters and you know people around her. So mm -hmm. you know it it affects the family. Yeah. So, uh, so Brian, uh, do you guys do ever experiment with, uh, on the farming side, do you guys ever experiment with, uh, microgreens, growing your own microgreens, that kind of thing? 
Yeah, we actually were looking into microgreen tables. Um, it actually was a big thing um, that we were going to get into. Um, being a chef, microgreens are something I use on a regular basis, mm -hmm. actually, um, and blends. I know blends and flavors and pungency and uh, acidities and these type of things of certain greens. So um, we're definitely going to have that program coming back up. Um, and we're actually going to be more focused in uh, that style of production is microgreen production. We did a we did tomatoes, strawberries this past year um, just to see, you know, what the more so of what the community loved and what they liked. Uh, we did very well. Restaurants received the, the product very well. Um, and uh, so we're hoping to jump back into that game with a small startup again um, to be able to continue to make revenue for the nonprofit as well as our, our beers or seltzers and ciders that we want to produce in the future. Yeah, there's a guy here in Kansas City we've been talking with. Uh, he His company is Biogen Ag, and mm -hmm. he has trailers or Connex boxes, different sizes. Um, yeah. Totally self-contained, HVAC, climate, temperature controlled. And, yep. it, and he uses no soil and no light yep. uh, yeah, to grow everything. Yep. Yeah, we use hydroponics and aquaponics for all our grow systems. Yeah. Um, I just think it's a better better way. No, the issue with permaculture is that we're running out of land, and most of the and I hate to say it like this, but a lot of land is becoming contaminated, <laughs> or even stripped of all its natural materials. Yeah. Um, and so we've taken so much from the ground, and we haven't put enough back that we have to we have to let let it sit, and we have to come up with new innovative approaches in order to not continue to hurt the land we love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Brown, we're about out of time. Um, if, you're, if you're talking to the guy that's in the military about ready to get out, someone going through a transition, looking to start a nonprofit, looking to go into business for themselves, what kind of advice comes to mind? You know, um, you know I would say, you know, find out who you are first. Um, you know, make sure this is who you truly want to be. Um, a nonprofit, uh, nobody in my organization, not even myself, have received a paycheck for two and a half years. Um, and so that's how long the nonprofit's been running. Um, and, uh, Gravely Meals, uh, very young business. Um, and it devotes, uh, I would say if I had an extra three days to add to a week, um, I would be using it already. Um, and, uh, you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a purposeful mission and, uh, you know, do it with purpose or don't do it at all. Um, if it's a passion, you know, find purpose within the passion before you start it. Uh, because it, it is it is life changing and it could be life changing for a great thing or a bad thing. Awesome. Well, hey Brian, I really appreciate you uh, sharing your various stories of uh, your trials, tribulations, and success. Glad to, glad to see things are going great for you. Uh, looking forward to your future success and thanks for coming on the show. Awesome. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate the time. You bet. All right, these two veterans or Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.